Another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Outlander. The word automobile is a mix of the French word auto, which means self, and mobile, which means moving. The word outlander means intelligent, economical, luxurious, and safer than ever. Perfect for moving yourself around in serious style. What's up, crazies? Ian Collins wants a word. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. I love this. Dear Ian, says Matt in Burnley, some poetry. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a sideshow Kev by his toe. If he hollers, kick him in the... Co- I, I quite like that. That's the kind of stuff Pam Ayres should be churning out these days. We love the mighty Pam. On the show, this. Y-K-I... Y-E-I My giddy aunt's worth of this We all have bad thoughts But I think people should be honest about those thoughts Oh yes, comedian Sean Hughes is on this podcast We're very, very happy And we'd be tarred and feathered and made to French kiss Nigel Farage If we didn't, at the very least, declare some of this Oh, excuse me, sorry And here he is, I'm t- jokes aside, I'm told With co- Intact. It oh. is Sideshow Kev. Oh, you're so pleasant. I know. These intros, I think what we might do is just a podcast one week of all yep. of the intros, just for people who don't like me very much. It has got me thinking, though, that uh, Pam Ayres needs to up her act. I'd like an album called Pam Ayres Does Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Georgie Porgie Putnam Pie. <laughs> Wasn't she like a... MI5 agent or something. Was she? Yeah. I'm not just an urban... That's got to be an urban... No, no, I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was asked... She was either asked to be a spy or she was a spy. I think Pamez is one of those people who has probably made an absolute fortune. Yeah. Well, she still tours. She she still tours. She sells out wherever she goes. She uh, still gets invited on to, you know, all the usual sort of one-show, loose women, Steve Wright-type pro... You know, so she still... Ticks all of those boxes. Yeah. Uh, books, albums, CDs, theatre tours. Not really my cup of tea. Not mine at all. after my teeth. <laughs> off, Pam. <laughs> but she always seemed to be on the TV, like in the 80s. Yeah. She was like, always. Everybody loved a bit of Pam. Or at least so my grandparents tell me. Yeah. From, from McTwat. <laughs> How about a once a word Hogmanay show, like the ones on STV in the 80s? STV is Scottish television. Yes. That's like, you know, Scottish yeah. television stuff. Certainly growing up, I, I, I don't really know if you would have seen them down here, but it would be people doing a Kaylee in kilts uh, and uh, Jimmy Shand and his band and the Corries. What year were you born in? Well, no, but this is like in the 80s, up until suddenly somebody thought, oh, Jules Holland, let's pre-record that six months in advance and stick that out. Yeah. But um, they had all of these terrible sort of like proper Scottish shows on. Yeah. And I, I don't really like the idea of that. I do quite like the idea of doing... A proper New Year's Eve show, though, where we sort of we say, right, this is going to be forty-five minutes long. You start it at eleven fifteen, and you'll get the bells at the uh, at the proper time. So you could see in the New Year with us, even though, like Jules Holland, we're pre-recorded. Is it pre-recorded the Jules Holland thing? Yeah, he pre-records it in like July or something. You know, Philip Scover recorded the Cube Christmas special at the beginning of March this year. Did he really? Yeah, saw that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, got the whole thing done. I guess they probably use quite a big studio. So when they do the series, 
on the end of it, they'd sort of bolt on the Christmas special just to rehire the place. They would do, yeah. Set it all up for yeah. one show at the end of the year would be nonsense. So, yeah, so a New Year's Eve show would be quite interesting. We should look at that and then... Uh, we... Discard it. <laughs> Why not? We yeah. usually stop before Christmas. Maybe we do a special one. Okay. From Ken the Hen, who likes to pen in the fen. <laughs> what the f***? Pam Ayres is back. <laughs> Stevie Wonder famously wrote, Isn't she lovely as a special song for when his daughter was born? Is Collins planning any song-based capers for the arrival of his new edition? Yeah, When a Child is Born. Oh, right. I think it should be a messianic flavour to this arrival. Are you seriously thinking about music in the birthing suite? Do people do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's sometimes. the thing, OK. We were watching that midwife programme, which is both a good thing and a very bad thing yes. to do. Pre-having a baby. Yes. A couple of things I noticed. Because obviously I'm looking at what the bloke's doing. Uh, you've been in this situation. Uh, some blokes don't really take their hat or coat off. <laughs> it's like, are you not staying? No, exactly. You ex- have you, sorry, but have you got to be somewhere? Yeah. Are we holding you up? <laughs> so there's a bit of that going on. And then there's other guys who do this thing of, um, you've got to take your top off to get skin to skin with the baby. Uh, yes. Is that a bit wacky? Yes. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I get the idea that when you're back home and you cuddle your your newborn, it's a lovely thing. And obviously the baby is picking up your scent and all, all of that stuff. But to to kind of deliberately choreograph a, you know, I'm going to take my shirt off so I can feel, you know, almost, what's the next step? Men breastfeeding? Well, this is the problem, though. Junior, at this point, doesn't know any better. So if you're, walk, you know, lying there, shirtless, and you've got some uh, little baby Collins, it's going to go for your tit. It's, Every time. Yeah, no, no, but it's just because... I don't it, want any of that. You know, bit, kind bit of, of nippage, I'm going yeah. to have a... a you know. There was, and I'm sure, I think it was a Scandinavian story a couple of uh, years ago where a woman was uh, working on a, not so much a device, it was really an idea. There is, there is no device, bar a piece of string. And the idea would be that in the birthing suite, as she's giving birth and pushing, a piece of rope or string would be tied around the testicles ah. of the husband. And every time she pushed, she pulled the rope. Well, essentially pulling his nuts. So the theory was yes. that he totally had a you know, similar experience. Well, here's the good news about that. Uh, you won't need to bother because her clawing her fingernails into your hand until you bleed is quite enough pain. Yeah, you see, I think that's true. And would a hospital really allow a woman to almost at least appear to act out the, the motion of ripping off a man's testicles in a hospital? Anyway, not sure health and sure health and safety would have something to say about that. I'm going to throw some music at you for your, your Thank part. you. I've got Arthur Askey's Greatest Hits in the back. Oh, that'd be good. So, you know, yes. may as well start as you mean to go on. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Jimmy the Shark asks, what the fuck <laughs> is happening with live show detail? I put my name down ages ago. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very, very briefly, we are doing a live show. We're doing this podcast live. Well. We're just not sure when. No. Uh, I blame Ian for deciding to become a father. Yeah. There we well, are. I, that's put the spanner in the works. Uh, your details are quite safe. We will yeah. send something out. Thank you for your interest, and uh, please don't worry. Everyone who has applied to be on the mailing list, and there's a lot of people. Yes. A lot. This is the thing. A lot of people want to come and witness this shit in person. Somebody asked if Sean Hughes is, because Sean Hughes is on, on the podcast with us, later, whether Sean was going to be on the live shows with us. That's uh, interesting. That is interesting. Well, we don't know who's going to be on the live shows yet. We don't know if we're going to be on it. Sean obviously does his own live shows. Yeah. However, we don't know what the full lineup will be of this live show. No. Husky Jack, the L200 man, okay. writes, wouldn't it be great if the consumer fest that was That's Life came back on TV with the original lineup? Would it? Well, I'll, 
many of them dead. Cyril. And finally, Esther. Yes. Cyril Fletcher's dead. He's dead. That's life. It was a strange one. My memory of that's life is actually laid in bed on a Sunday evening, ready to go to school the next day, and hearing the theme tune. Yes. Downstairs. It's quite a catchy... Yeah, this one. Hearing that and thinking, ah, oh, there's something going on down there. There's lots of, quite a lot of laughter would come, and obviously it was my dad laughing at a carrot in the shape of a penis. Then I did get to see bits of it, and I was quite enamoured by it. It was an event. That's what it was. It was an event. Yeah. Yeah, they, they would tell these stories, wouldn't they, via the three of them yeah. and, and the other one on the end. So they would say, you know, we wrote to British Gas. British Gas said, we're not playing ball. They said, but you have to. He said, no, we don't. And they would sort of narrate this weird story they would, yeah. between all the characters in the And they always the looked so f***ing proud of themselves at the end of it. Oh, look, we pulled it off. Sorry. Yeah, but they did. Yeah, you're right about the smug thing, because they would usually do something saying, you know, and thank you to Sid and Elsie Frapp in Blackpool, who sent us the ingredients for these noodles. And then it would cut to Adrian Mills, who would read these ingredients out, and they would kind of show it, split the screen, and he would start to read it really, really fast or something, and at the end everybody would clap. Right, and he well would look done. really proud yeah. of what I've just done. Yeah, but then there was the investigations, they'd go out on the streets, and there was sad stuff. There was. There was the misprints from newspapers so it kind of did all of that stuff maybe it'll come back as a podcast who can say i I was trying to think of the reasons it wouldn't it couldn't come back would it look dated well watchdog is still on i'd rather have that's life probably than watchdog strangely enough i watch watchdog and quite like it okay if it's on i quite like i like to see somebody whose cooker blew up (laughs) 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 i'm a a sucker for that shit Seriously, I, <laughs> okay. I also like to see somebody... I don't enjoy the fact that they had badness happen to them, but it's always interesting, and I, I know what's going to happen. You know, This is uh, Bob, and he ordered a flat screen through Amazon, and you think, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. No. It was a website that looked very much like it, and that's usually what happened. I'm kind of intrigued by all of that. But there you go. And Am Robinson, I love to Clint has an entry for Where's Witchell & Co. Hey! Andre! Give me some suitably newsy newsreader. Where's Witchell and Co. type Muzak? And put down that puppy. Clint writes, I'm pleased to say that in the late 80s, while working in Greg's The Bakers, I served both John Suchet and Martin Lewis in the same afternoon. I know Suchet bought two jammy donuts and an egg sandwich, but I can't remember what Martin bought. I have a feeling... It may have been something with tuna. Martin who? Martin Lewis. Lewis. All right. Not money-saving expert. No, obviously not. No, the other one. Well, Martin Lewis turned up on something, didn't he? Recently, he advertises something. Does he? Yes, he advertises uh, a a a product uh, as if he's reading the. You know, one of those sort of. Oh no! Oh, I don't want to. I do want to see this, and also don't want to see it at the same time. It's a horror story, and he also looks uh, like John Inman because he's got (laughs) like white. He's got white hair now. Oh no! Completely oh, I don't want to see this. Yeah, check that out. I, I don't. Can't, re- can't remember what no. it is he's advertising. No, it's it's tarnishing good memories. I don't yeah. want to see Martin with white hair, shilling stuff. I want to see him doing rubbish quizzes on BBC Two or or reading the news. That's what I want. Wasn't it the news at five forty-five? I think it while, was. Yeah. Wasn't it on ITN? Yeah. Who came up with that time? TV schedulers. Yeah, I think so. From Josh. Last year, you promised a Christmas special crammed with sprouts and tinsel and reruns of old favourites. Are you actually going to do that this year? Well, a Hogmanay Christmas special, we could well, do it in two parts. We alluded to that already. Yeah. So what, we do Christmas and then a new year? Yeah, why not? Parts one and we two. We could do, if we can be bothered. 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to think, you know, it's uh, leave it alone, really. What, Christmas? Yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> sprouts, Kev. Leave it alone. Oh, sprouts are fine. Sprouts are all right. Are we going to have a, another debate about ju- sprouts? No, well, we could do that, but I, I just, I, I sort of instinctively feel that, you know, if you try to do a Christmassy show, it, it sort of falls on its arse a little bit. You're right. It's a terrible idea. We did one last year, in fact, but there you go. It's our most downloaded episode. It's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Esther, hey, <laughs> from Mel. Now, Mel wrote to us a couple of weeks ago, and she claimed that her mum, if you remember, has a blankety-blank checkbook and pen. That's what she said. Mel says, hi, guys. I looked at my mum's loft, and lo and behold, a blankety-blank checkbook and pen. Wow. And she's emailed the picture. You can see that there. No. It is a picture of a blankety-blank yeah. checkbook and pen. well... Penning, as we said a couple of weeks ago, about photoshopping. Well, this is it. She also says, and now the good news. She's not bothered about keeping it, so is offering to sell it to you guys for only £800. <laughs> now, this is clearly somebody How much do you pay us. for it? Well, it's a scam. I ha- want one because I don't think they exist. No. So, as you can see from the picture, this picture is lifted. This is a Google image search picture. This isn't a blankety blank checkbook and pen taken on. You know, this this is a fake. You think that's a fake? I don't know. It looks. It actually looks quite good. No, it's it's a picture of a blankety blank checkbook and no, pen. But the fact that the one checkbook and pen that they had as the prop on the TV show for many years. No, but if you look at that picture, it's a picture of the pen, a checkbook and pen in the loft. So that looks. That, that, that's right. That looks like it could be loft why insulation. Why would they go? Why would they go to that trouble? It could be loft insulation. You wouldn't put it in a loft. You'd just do Too it convenient. in a random no, you'd take it sitting room. Right. You would take it downstairs and dust it off. Yes, but if you were going to try and fake a picture, you wouldn't fake it in a loft. You would if you were just. A wag, wag. Oops. There is that. If you've got any questions you want to send to us, then simply Kev at onceaword.com. Ian at onceaword.com. Sean Hughes. Uh, is on, as we said a, a second ago. Oh, he's very good. Uh, we're looking forward to that. It's his uh, return visit from Sean Hughes. On with us a little bit later on. Hey, hey, There's never a dull moment when we do this. It is the feature that takes a long, hard look at life's knobheads. You know the kind of folk. Those who, regardless of sex, of status, of faith, find themselves acting in a penile-based manner. They might be off the telly, they could be your mate or your neighbour. It's even possible it's your other half. Whoever they are, wherever they lurk, these are people who, from time to time, display such traits of sheer dumbass buffoonery, you find yourself concluding... Only one thing. Hey! Hey! You're being a dick. You're going to love some of these. Have you got any, Kev? Chester Carlson. What a f***ing dick. Is that it? No. Uh, Chester Carlson. Not him specifically. Actually, uh, Chester Carlson invented the photocopier. Okay. My nomination for the Big D this week is him and everyone who has designed a photocopier since then. Because these people are f***ing with us. Okay. In a world where everything is getting smaller... Yep. Why is it that photocopiers are the only thing that's getting... No, no, not smaller and more compact, but bigger. Correct. And with more bits hanging off yeah. it. And with more buttons more and more complicated. More bits to go wrong, more bits to repair. Exactly. Now, I don't hang around photocopiers much, but when I see them, bigger, more complicated, and just ridiculous... As technology goes one way, the inventors of photocopiers, although maybe that's it, maybe that's the balance. 
everyday technology gets easier, like phones and computers and things, and photoco- something has to get harder, it's your photocopier. I'd run with that. That's a good nomination. Chester who? Chester Carlson. Chester, you're on the list, sunshine. But I don't think Chester can beat my nomination. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. So we were, the other Sunday afternoon, thought we'd pop in to a pub for a bite to eat. Me and the other half. Oh, yeah. How is she? She's big. Blooming. Yeah, all of that. So we go to this pub, and it's dead in this place. So we sit there, and the barman's sort of making um, small talk. And I'm sitting there with a pint. Sunday afternoon, and it's all right. We're just sort of thinking, okay, we're not going to hang around here. And the barman leans over the bar and goes, uh, here's one for you. <laughs> he says, you want to know how to upset a dog? I thought, oh, God, he's going to tell one of those jokes. And then he went, Lenny! And out came a very, very overweight Labrador. Oh, no. And he went, watch this. Sit. So Lenny, the overweight Labrador, sits down. The barman leans in to the dog. I swear this happened. And goes, fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) To which the dog goes, oh! And does the, the dog howling yeah, thing. Yeah. And he went, that's not all. He gestures to get the dog to sit up again and looks at the dog again, goes right in, straight up to his eyes and says, you can't whack oops. <laughs> to which the dog goes, oh, <laughs> oh. And then looks at us and goes, that's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what started out as a rubbish pint turned out to be sort of just so surreal. And odd that we discovered the man who swears at dogs. He was sort of telling us that it was due to the profanity, but actually to do with the his bo- it was noise, his body yeah. language and the yeah. noise that made the dog howl. It was a party trick, but vaguely amusing. I hope you called the uh, No Swearing at Dogs Brigade or whatever they're called. There must be something. Don't swear at dogs. You yeah, come they, round. They turned up. Put up a sign saying, <laughs> don't swear at your dog, please. It was a big old beast, though, this dog. Was it? David Bedwell says, Katie Hopkins, I'm nominating her, whenever and wherever she speaks. Not buying it. She's actually just now saying stuff to be controversial. And people you know, are like, not a Hopkins fan. No, well, it's not even that. It's just that she's on TV and everyone's like, oh, I can't believe they let her on TV. Why is this woman on TV? She's going to say something shocking and outrageous. Of course she is. Because she knows it gets her in the papers. But she, she sometimes, oddly, is, is right. Even if she's wrong. There are times... When you think, actually, she's probably got a point on that. Yeah, well, possibly. Weird names. Uh, That was a good one. Well, yeah, but I think the point is more that she's saying things deliberately, you know, ridiculous so that people go, ooh. This comes from John Stapleton's chin, who says, I would like to nominate Ed Miliband and his constant cost-of-living argument. Does he not realise there is nothing a government can do here? The argument is merely a front for the word inflation. It is true, but it's a really powerful argument to have. It's, the yeah. cost of, it's all about the cost of living. Yeah. I mean, you could say that any time since mankind has existed. Since about the mid-70s. Mid-70s, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is. It's true. It's really just about wages versus inflation. And I don't quite know what governments uh, do about that. However, uh, it sells well because it, it kind of looks like Ed is, is on your side. Maybe he is. Uh, here's another nomination for Hey! Hey! You're being a dick. Lou in Dartford says, the parking warden in London who tried to give Hillary Clinton's car a parking ticket. Did you see this? No. So Hillary Clinton turns up to give a, a speech, some organisation. It's not a publicised trip or anything. It's no. a low-key trip. It just flies over. 
Well, she's former Secretary of State, so I, I think she still has a, quite a lot of security. I would imagine so. Uh, which made it even odder that Dodge Pop McDougall, Westminster's finest traffic warden, decides to give her car a ticket. Now, as Lou says, given that this a-hole was faced with about 35 armed cops, he was either very brave or just a dick. I'm going <laughs> for the latter. You could be right. Mike Thomas from the Cotswolds, who said we didn't have classy listeners, Kev, says, I want to nominate my local MP for doing nothing to assist us in trying to keep our local park open and away from the thieving hands of our council. Parks are important to all ages and for many reasons, yet our representative in Westminster hardly acknowledged the imminent demise of this once treasured piece of land. By the way, my MP is David Cameron, no. in case you're wondering. I still can't quite work out how... The Prime Minister can have a constituency and represent it ably. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's wrong, because but, you can't do it. Well, he seems... To, none of, I don't think any of them managed to do many of those MP surgeries. They can usually send somebody else along for that, fair enough. But That's it's down what Clegg's for. Yeah. Yes, it's down to what you do in your own constituency. Um, he, he does do a lot of visiting his local pub, doesn't he? Yes, he does seem to. Where he often leaves his daughter. In his slacks. Yes. But that seems to be it. But yeah, I don't know what a prime minister. Can I don't do. see how you can have constituency responsibility and run the country at the same time. June, the eagle-eyed motor trader from Manchester's. Can I nominate the Guardian and its editor, please? I'd like to agree with Jack Straw in wondering by what criteria this outfit judges what is and isn't a dangerous breach of national security. This is all their Edward Snowden leaks that they're singing like a canary across the front page and saying, isn't this utterly wonderful? And the head of MI5 came out and said, um, do you mind not doing that? This is actually really quite dangerous and some yeah. of what you've released has been the biggest threat to some of our agents ever. You'd think that'd be enough, wouldn't it? You would think so, yeah. You would think so. However, the Guardian seem to be uh, enjoying uh, the 15 minutes there. And Phil Eccles says, I'd like to nominate my dad for telling my kids, his grandchildren, that the Kenyan government are planning on killing and microwaving all the country's rhinoceroses. <laughs> when, in fact, the story was that they were planning on capturing and microchipping all the country's <laughs> rhinoceroses. <laughs> he scared the life out of my seven-year-old, the dozy old bastard. <laughs> I love that idea that he quite, said that. Although I have to say, I do quite fancy a bit of microwave rhino, don't It'd be you? all right, wouldn't it? That'd take yeah. a few minutes before it went ding, wouldn't it? <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, stand by, Sean Hughes is on his way, but first, some of this. And we take a pause in order to talk about you. Yes, that's you. You work hard, you know what you like, and you know a tasty vehicle when you see one. Just have a think about some of this, because you can now save up to £5,000 on the ultimate 4x4. I'm talking about the Mitsubishi Shogun, with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance across the range. You simply have to check out the website for some very special offers. Mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash Shogun. The Mitsubishi Shogun, always capable, surprisingly affordable. Happy newsflash, everybody. It's the feature that is not the showbiz shoebox. You've made my day. You're glowing. I, well, I can tell, because whenever you, you do the shoebox, you always have the script written on bright blue coloured pages for reasons I've never even asked. Ah, uh, final draft. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, you go through different. You've got, like, yellow, and then you've got um, your magenta, and then, yeah, that's the way it goes. So when Therese, the editor, looks at it, does yeah. she look at that draft, or does she look at the... We've had so many arguments recently, I, I just can't really go into it. That being said, not the shoebox, not the band list. No. 
It's Sideshow Kev's Guide to Internet Protocol. Hey! Andre, give me some suitably internet-y protocol-y music-y, Andre-y. It's time once again to LOL at the use of silly acronyms to save precious time while typing messages about what you had for dinner on Facebook and elsewhere on the internet. Okay. For example, A-F-A-I-K is... As far as I know. Yeah, exactly. Dead simple. So I'll give you the acronym. You just tell me what it means. Okay. In cyberspace. Yeah. Laugh out loud. Oh, you haven't done it yet. AMF. Uh, ask my father. Oh, it's a good answer. It's the wrong answer. Mm. It actually stands for adios, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. I often put that on my emails to my mum. <laughs> Does your mum use emails or... Very rarely. U-N-C-L-E, or uncle. Uncle. Uh, unadulterated national Clyde Bank Lithuanian <laughs> experience. The thing about that is, it's wrong. Really? But what it stands for is Unified Nuclear Coalition of Latvian Immigrants. Oh, okay. So I had I an Eastern underst- European component in there. But when would you use it? When you have... Uh, in a government department, what's known as too much time on your hands. J-F-G-I. J-F-G-I. Uh, I should send this to you more often. John Farningham <laughs> goes indignant. Wow, that's spot on. Hey! Except it isn't. It isn't. It actually stands for just fucking Google it. Does it? Yeah. What? what yeah. Does anybody ever write that? They do now. It's quite good on Twitter, as we've said before, when Alan Sugar just suddenly tweets, you know, anybody what? know what two plus two is? <laughs> yeah. I can't fucking work it out. <laughs> anyone know? Yeah. Then Matt Smith comes along and goes, hello, Al. How are you, son? Us, these enders, we've got to keep together, haven't we? I'll tell you what two plus two is. Two plus two. Two plus who? Two are you? <laughs> oh, dear. Y-K-I-Y-E-I. Y-K-I-Y-E-I. It's like a song by Dexy's Midnight Runners, that. (laughs) I have no I-K idea. You killed it, you eat it. Again, is that like, I don't know. It's not like you you, uh, have your cake and eat it too. Where would you use that on an abattoir uh, forum? No, what I'm thinking is like, you killed it, you eat it would be like uh, either something for vegetarians. Yep. Or uh, something like, uh, well, um, you know, you've made your bed so you have to lie in it sort of thing. Yeah, it could be that. Possibly. E-P-B-K-A-C. E-P-B-K-A-C. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, it's going to be clearly surplus to requirements and something I guarantee nobody ever put on an email. You will or now. Or anywhere else. You will now. Go on. Error persists between keyboard and chair. Don't ask. I think it's a geek thing. Uh, right. Meaning, obviously, the user. Lastly, <coughs> Y-O-M-M-F-S-W-G-A-S. You're just making this up. I'm not. This You're is, making that up. People use this on the it's internet. It's too long to be a, some kind of acronym. People use this on the internet, and okay. you may want to use it in real life. The Y-O-M-M-F-S-W-G-A-S. The first word is you. Well, yes. Okay, that's it. What's that's the, all I know. What's the O? Ostrich. What's the M? Mummy. What's the F? Feathers. What's the S? Sit. What's the W? Wally. What's the G? Goats. What's the A? Anus. What's the S? Stiletto. And now, through the miracle of technology, we're going to run all of your answers together 
And this is what you think it stands for. You, ostrich, mummy, feathers, sit, wally, goats, anus, stiletto. <laughs> Which is, of course, incorrect. What? It actually stands for, you've obviously mistaken me for someone who gives a shit. Well, that was quite apt, really, wasn't it? I'm Sideshow Kev. Follow me on Twitter, at Sideshow underscore Kev. Email me, Kev, at onceaword.com. And uh, next week, Shoebox is back. Shoebox. Something else is back on this particular episode. We are very, very excited about this. Ian Collins wants a word. Comedy is probably the last in the arts freedom where you can actually say anything you want. Comedy on television is feel-good stuff. I hate all that shit. But with Christmas coming up, if you're thinking of getting pets, a dog isn't for Christmas. And I'm serious, okay? There's a lot of responsibility. They're mainly for ad breaks, to be fair, aren't they? I'm going to get a bit bored. Oh, come here, Bill, come here! Ah, f***ed off. <laughs> I don't care if you're hybrid. The program's back on. Move on. Rohypnol's a horrible drug, isn't it? It's, it? I don't know if you're aware, Rohypnol's this evil drug that mainly men put into women's drinks to render them unconscious. And I think that's disgusting. There should be a big sentence for that. I can see how Rohypnol will come in handy in the morning after a one-night stand. You look around and they look at you and go, So, we boyfriend-girlfriend now? And they make you a cup of tea. Joining us now, the Perrier Award-winning Crystal Palace-supporting actor and comedian, Sean Hughes. Uh, look who's come back to see us, everybody. Sean Hughes is here. Ian, hello, how are you? I'm good. It's been the last time we're in this capacity, of course, because you're actually doing your own podcast now. Yeah, under your... You don't need to appear on our podcast. Well, it's under your umbrella ship, though, so you're in the background kind of, you know, digging the ribs. Like, there's so many podcasts, but like, as I say, it's free content in that sense, and it's uh, just interesting people that I like, and so... Hopefully just people get, mm-hmm. just a chat, but like not like people trying to outdo themselves, you know, and just one-upmanship and the like. So just whatever comes up, shoot the breeze, but in a kind of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. layered way. Because you've done the, I mean, obviously you're a comedian, but you've done a writer, but you've done the, the radio thing before. Yeah, yeah. I, so you've I done Six Music, you've done BBC London, you've done all, all yeah. of that. Do you think the podcast is a way of being able to kind of slip back into a bit of that, but without the format and the well, the, the regulation that follows that? Yeah, well, you have to, uh, like, I learned all my stuff at GLR, which is great along the radio, sure. and they kind of let us do what we wanted. The only thing I do miss is just, everyone has brain freeze, and yeah. uh, with a podcast, you just go on relentless, but on radio, you just go, well, here's uh, a song by the wedding present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have your, goes to the toilet. Who was whatever. your era there, then? Who was, who was the, uh, who were the other presenters at the time? Um, Obviously, Robert Elms was still there. Yeah, he's always there. He's always uh, there. Well, it was Peter Curran and... Uh, Peter Curran, yeah. Yeah, kind of... Uh, I like I, I was like weekends, so I didn't really get That's involved. True. I sometimes used to cover for people. But yeah, yeah. it was before they went weirdly. Like, I was kind of celeb in that sense. But they didn't really... It wasn't when GLO weren't really going celeb, like, yeah. which they are doing now. That was amazing, and that's the closest. That's why I like doing this podcast because it is you just basically get sure. interesting people in, yeah, yeah, and uh, and see what they have to say for themselves. So well, it that's is it, isn't it? Very I mean, it, similar, it, yeah. And it, but it is that fact that you're not because you know even with BBC London as it is now, there is a formula, and as even even though that's it's kind of looser than most, but it is still a formula. Whereas yeah, a podcast, it, you've got none of that. You can yeah, well, you don't have to go. You can stray into other territories. Bob we, with the travel. Well, that's very true. Although, if you want Bob. With the travel, we can provide Bob. Yeah, I don't want Bob with the travel. Yeah. But yeah, but there might be crucial travel news. The one thing that used to really get on their nerves was, uh, like, and they've got a point as well, but like, because if you're doing, especially the weekends, there's very little news. For some reason, no news happens on a Sunday. And we said the Sunday yeah. mornings, and obviously you cut to the news three times <laughs> in the three-hour show. And I'd chat with him, and they'd always go, well, can you just retain some gravitas for the news? And I'd be asking him what he was doing last night and stuff. 
And, you know, so we played with the format a little bit, but that was the whole thing. I, th- I think podcasts, like your own personality should come across and then it becomes natural and then the people yeah. like it, like it, you know. A bit on TalkSport, we had the the chatting to the news person. Yeah. But what what I did was do, we, we did it like this was during the headlines rather than the news on the top of the hour. We chat between stories. So they yeah. tell a story. Wow. Um, then I would say, hang on a sec, how does that work? And and I loved it. I, it was kind yeah, of a bit more of a... have that. No, they hated yeah. every bit of that. I think it also breaks a... Some Ofcom rule. Well, yeah, I think like people will just tune in on the hour for the news, so they don't yeah, need true. you going. Well, what do you mean the nurse was shot in the head? You know, well, yeah, obviously you'd have to, <laughs> you have to pick the stories, yeah. and that's the only thing where it's different. Like with a podcast, like I, I just I like the guests. Like I like to be the conductor in that sense of let sure. the guests talk, yeah, yeah. and like you know, because I'm I'm fascinated by people anyway, and like I'm Definitely. sick of talking about myself, you know. So I don't ever need that, but. I wouldn't like to have to, especially there'd be times on the radio where an issue would come up and you have to pretend to be interested. And you're not. Nobody's interested in everything. I did the Daily Politics on BBC Two a little while ago. Right. And they said, oh, you've got to come on tomorrow because there's this story uh, about prisoners. Uh, there's another story about uh, immigration border controls that aren't working. And there's another story about school dinners. And So you, you can probably have a good comment on each one. Uh, you, you can make it a, a little light-hearted on each yeah. one. Uh, but come the day, everything changed. There was a massive Israel-Palestinian story that broke. <laughs> and I thought, well, they're clearly going to cancel me. But yeah. they didn't. And yeah. I went in and Andrew Neil said, so, you know, what about the whole Palestinian issue? And I had to answer this. <laughs> and had you thought it through at all? No, not really. Oh, God, I just kind hard. of, yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Because it was that thing of, like, um, they asked me to do question time a couple of times, and I couldn't do it. But now I think if they asked me, I'd just go, no. You're not, cause Would you th- not do it now? No, for that very reason, because there'd be times where, like, like I love when you watch someone like, I, I watch Will Self on a while back. Yeah. And, uh, Did he not just annoy you? Well, no, but his heart is very much in the right place. I hope it is. It, it totally is. But, like, unfortunately, he's got one of those faces that makes him look smug. True. And self-congratulatory. Yeah, yeah. And he's not. He's like... I thought what he was saying about terrorism was very valid. And I don't yeah, like yeah. because politicians are so on on topic yep. that they they'll know facts, and I don't like them like Michael goes just going, "How dare you? You know nothing about this." And it, that's arrogance. Just what happened on that yeah, episode? That's what I mean. I just go, that's, that's terrible arrogance. And but you see, you should do it because you, you'd get you'd be in the world self chair because that yeah. guest never loses really. He I, lost the I dressing might. room a bit on yeah. that terrorism thing, and he shouldn't have yeah. done, but he did. Uh, but the person who sits on that last one. They can say anything. Well, yeah, but, like, that's what I mean. I think I saw Russell Brand on it, and he came across like a dick. Yeah, that was horrible. You know? Yeah. So you, you was, do yeah. that. You, like, that, that wasn't so good. But you're not likely to do that. No, but the thing is, it's pretty much, it's like an away game, you know? So yeah. you, you're out of your comfort zone, Who's so cool. anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I'm at that age where I just go, I don't really need this. I don't this. really need that. I, like, I love when people like Mark Steele go on it, because he yeah, knows yeah. his stuff. Yeah, and I love watching him say his yeah. point of view. But um, I just... Because uh, I'm into the, uh, more of the politics of the day-to-day rather than, you know, going, sure. well... you know, like To be fair, Will Self that day had so many facts like at his fingertips as well. And I just went... Because he's also got one of those brains that... Not where he's clever, which is a thing that our country, uh, this country does. Well, every country does to a degree, but uh, they think memory is intelligence. Yeah. And it's not. Like, it's... Uh, you can read books and, and contain that knowledge. That doesn't mean... You're very good at solving problems. That's a lot, that's, but it is a good, memory and uh, statistics as well as the other one, isn't it? You know, wheeling out 
X amount of percentage of people did this, and in 1972, when Harold Wilson called this after the oil I crisis, and, you know, you, you will that out, and people think, "Wow, this guy's brilliant." But actually, they've said sod all. I know, and also when people just say regurgitated that, you, some yeah, facts. And it's brilliant because you baffle people, and then they go, yeah, yeah. "All right, I better not." He seems to know his stuff. I will let him get away with that. But doesn't argument. someone like Will Self? What you know, what immediately happens to Will Self is I just think you know this is an ultra posh boy, and therefore everything he says straight away, I have to assume. A massive amount of it is going to be bollocks because he's a posh boy. Now, that's a prejudice mm. that I've got to deal with. But I do sort of wonder sometimes when he's talking almost on behalf of the... I think, you know, would my dad, if he was alive, identify with Will Self? And I'm not sure he would, really. No, he like he would have been seen as, uh, especially on that program, an extremist. Sure. Yeah. But it's um, but like the thing is, I think you know everything's becoming too cosy. So it's good, like it's Shakes good to it have extremists. Yeah, yeah. Like even like, I love watching uh, right wing extremists sure. on, on television, and I think you know they should be there to just see what nonsense they're talking. As but well. you don't get any right wing comedians. Well, I suppose we've tried to look for them. You know, most comedians are just instinctively well, lefty. Well, it's not about being left or right. It's like to be a comedian you need to have empathy with people. Yeah, yeah. And the right tend to not have empathy with people. So, you know, the dare I say they they're a bit soulless. So, um, Yeah, possibly. So you you need to, you know, be talking to people. About Even if that's a perception, it's a perception that's kind of becomes a reality, I guess. Because yeah, it is that thing of I think like the weird thing and I've always believed that extreme left-wing people are very similar to extreme right-wing people. Sure, yeah. And I, I, I'm not talking about I want this bland middle ground, yep. but it's just that, that it goes beyond argument with them. It becomes uh, beyond passion. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes a, a thing that they do. And I, I remember a friend describing another friend, and he was absolutely right. He just says, uh, I've never heard this particular person say, oh, I didn't know that. And you, you get certain yeah. people who, who are like that. And yeah, I, yeah. Th- that's not the case because we all, cause all be learning all the time. Don't you think the reason why a lot of people are left wing is because they think it makes them a nicer person? Well, I think there's definitely a degree of watching what you say. Um, I think, you know, and no matter what people say, if you kind of bugged a conversation between me and my friend in a kind of humorous, you know, the way you do that sure, kind of yeah, inner yeah. language that you have with your friends, yep. it would be seen as absolutely despicable. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like it's, but the thing is, <laughs> it's, and we all have uh, bad thoughts. And so it's just that thing of, I think people should be honest about those thoughts and, uh, and not think, oh, everything I do is left wing. Sure. Like I, I've always felt like, uh, you know, with emigration, like, again, I don't know the figures, but I always found that, like, with me, with all charity, if I see a homeless guy on the street, I still don't understand why we're giving money to Africa when there's people starving in this country. Yep. And people pick up that and go, oh, that's really right wing. But I say, but just please explain to me. It's not right wing it, it doesn't make any yeah, sense yeah. to me. Sure. And that's just my ignorance yeah. on that. And, um, you know, so just things like that. And, but people, like, go, how dare you say things like that? I just want to well, people to... like polarity. They feel comfortable with those the pigeonhole yeah. sort of mentality. And if they can't put you in one, then clearly you must therefore be in another. Yeah, if you don't think this, you that. must think that. No, yeah. Which is nonsense, a, of course. There's a lot of laziness yeah, yeah. knocking about. Um, so, Sean, so the podcast starts very, very soon, in, the, in a week or so, in fact. Um, who's going to be on it? Just just well, briefly, um, what, what kind of guests? Who's floating in? Well, what I'm going to do is... Is there going to be a sort of comedy doorbell that goes where be people walk in... Um, well, and a moose on the wall. All those things <laughs> and more. Um, it's going to be, as I say, it's not going to be one up and shit, but like, it will be mainly comics because they're sure. my brethren, so to speak. And uh, But like, it'll be like just shooting the breeze and just see what happens. Like, you yeah. Know? And, um, and and just try to get interesting guests. But it's early days, so we'll see what, what sticks for the moment. But um, I, I just want to enjoy it, you sure. know, and, and it's just 
bit of fun, really. It's called Off the Radar with Sean Hughes. It'll be out on iTunes and uh, all the usual Android download uh, places and locations. Super trooper. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, Ian. Nice Thank to you. see you. And you. Credit stream. And there you go. Enough already. We return in seven days. Yes, that's seven whole days. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, then do make sure you get over to iTunes to rate, review, and, of course, subscribe. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app or download stitcher.com slash once a word. Big thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at once a word. The in-show feature and sponsor music comes from Kevin McLeod. His website is incompetech.com. The show's technical operator, Andre Porch. The programme was edited by Trazer Brandt. Our intern was Casper Weinberger. And today's utterly gobsmacking fact comes from Jeff in Melbourne, Australia, who tells me that when criminals were sent over to Australia many moons ago, anyone who came from the town of Bromley was automatically exempt and returned home. I want as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We're back in exactly one week with a show so explosive, even we aren't allowed to know what's on it. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things! Another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Shogun. The highly capable and surprisingly affordable Shogun is now up to £5,000 cheaper than before. And it's so rugged and hard-working, it'll make other 4x4s go weak at the knees. On behalf of our entire staff, good night.